and welcome to what I would imagine is going to be a very, very positive Pinkin.com Norwich City podcast. Even Paddy might be positive this afternoon. Evening, Dave. <laughs> Evening, Dave, sorry. You, my friend. <laughs> yeah, I was just, you took the words out of my mouth because the last one of these we did was quite morose. I think I even <laughs> tweeted out, this is starts off morose and we tried to be positive. That was the West Ham one. And boy, can we talk positively this evening. Chalk and cheese. Uh, I am Dave Freezer, as usual, joined by Paddy Davitt and our new Norwich City reporter, Connor Southwell. Connor, you've been on the pod before, I think, haven't you? Well, you, you did some work experience with us back in the day. You did Facebook yeah. Lives and things like that, didn't you? So you, you sort I've of dabbled. Yeah, you've <laughs> dabbled. But um, you are now a fully-fledged EDP reporter, and that was your first game covering Norwich City for us for the EDP Evening News and Pinkin.com. It wasn't bad, was it? Not a bad start, was it? No, I'm not sure uh, that'll that oh, well that will take some topping for sure. Um, yeah, what what a game, what a day, what an evening! Uh, absolutely brilliant. I've not seen scenes like that at Carrow Road in a, in a very long time, if yeah. if ever. Um, yeah, absolutely sensational. Sort of a bit lost for words to be honest after it, which isn't the best <laughs> best uh, way to be when, once you've got to write a match report and whatnot. So, um, but no, very impressive performance. I'm sure we'll find some words. <laughs> we'll, we'll force them out of you. Uh, yeah, it has been a. A pretty special afternoon, evening, uh, late kickoff, of course. Um, in the Premier League, uh, Liverpool had already beaten Newcastle in the early kickoff, so that put pressure on Manchester City, five points adrift. And as we saw in last year's title race, you can't really afford to lose games, but they have uh, lost a very rare Premier League game. And it was to a Norwich City side who I'm sure you're all fully aware by this point was decimated by injuries. Uh, quite ridiculous to the point where they had Michael McGovern and Ralph Fairman, two goalkeepers, on the bench. And I've heard some people saying that that was probably one of the most special results since the Bayern Munich game. It's that sort of heady. And I mean, I, I don't remember ever hearing Carrow Road like that because the volume to see people jumping out of their seats in the city stand in front of us, <laughs> punching the air for Tim Krull making a save or Sam Byron making a block or Emmy Buendia piling into a tackle in front of the Barkley that, you know, last year was good but this just took it to a whole new level, didn't it? Yeah, that that, well, that was entering a parallel universe because we, <laughs> I've never seen that uh, I mean, the only thing that could ever come close probably in, in my sat in the press box lifetime would have been the Derby County game when uh, they when Simeon Jackson and Robbie Savage et al. But not even that comes close because, as you rightly say, Dave, um, the the frenetic the energy that was coming off that crowd tonight and all four sides as well. And to me, that was underlined by at the end Daniel with his now customary mm-hmm. celebration. But it wasn't just to the lower Barkley; it was to all four sides. So he could feel that was a special night. He talked about it in his post-match press conference about a special night. Um, and as he said, Cara Road is the best ticket in town at the minute if you want entertainment. It shows you why we all love the game, doesn't it? Because ha- who turned up today with any kind of realistic hope that Norwich might get a win? A 3-2 win, you know, to, to have a two-goal lead over them for two extended periods of the game and to play so well and, and deserve, well, yeah, probably just about deserve the win when you put it into the context of the injuries. I know Man City hit the post and Quill made some good saves and things like that, but I don't know if you agree, Connor. I, I thought at the start it did feel nervous and it didn't it didn't feel loud, but then just the first 10 minutes had gone and it's like, we survived that. Mm. And then the noise, McLean's goal was in the 18th minute, header from a Buendia corner. The noise that greeted that goal, I, I just, 
it was like an explosion. It was incredible. It was, yeah. Actually, at the the final whistle, I think my ears were ringing slightly, <laughs> yeah. that, as as was the noise. But yeah, just to go on to the point of of what Paddy said, I've not seen a, a Norwich City crowd at Carrow Road act like that before. I mean, yeah. it was. Um, it was ridiculous. Every time a challenge was made, pretty much the whole stadium were, were on their feet. Um, the, even the River End were. And as someone who's, who's sat in there for a while, that, that mm-hmm. takes quite something usually. Um, but no, it was, it was an in- incredible performance. I think for all the stick they've taken about their sort of defensive setup, I thought the structure they had worked quite well. It was almost a, a four-one-four-one off the ball, um, and they actually condensed that central area in and around the penalty box where Man City are so prolific and score a lot of cutbacks, and they, they almost prevented that because of the sheer amount of bodies they had in there but it was yeah I, th- I think with this team you, f- you think about special moments but I think that, that tops a lot in terms of the context of the injuries and also um, I think when I, I walked into the press room the, the TV had a, a comparison between the value of squads and that mm-hmm. really does uh, that really does display the levels and, and really sort of hammers home what Norwich City achieved tonight which is something that not many clubs beyond Liverpool will, will do this season I think Absolutely and Kenny McLean as I say scored the goal he was one of the four changes uh, that came into the team because of all those injuries uh, Ibrahim Amadou came in started at centre back alongside Ben Godfrey who shook off his own injury problem to, to start Sam Byram uh, same as Amadou gets his first uh, Premier League start first Carrow Road game as well uh, so that was two of them and then McLean and Tetty were the other two who came into midfield for, for Leitner and Tribal two more of the injury victims uh, and otherwise the team was sort of as as expected and the McLean header, um, it was a cracking run, but Emmy Buendia are involved in all three goal, all three goals, and I don't know. It almost, to me, it felt a bit like an audition to be a Manchester City player. It was almost like uh, Pep, I could do, I can do what he can do. Well, on that evidence, uh, it'll be a, a nice fat transfer fee coming towards Norwich, but <laughs> hopefully not too soon. But uh, he clearly fancied it tonight. I mean, you know. Aguero at the top end of the pitch and Otamendi two compatriots and unfortunately Otamendi will not want to see his part in that second goal that Norwich scored but sorry the third goal wasn't it yeah but um, yeah he was good and you don't want to single people out but but I thought Amadou was unbelievable and Byram as well two lads there who probably owed their chance to those injuries you've reeled off and uh, you know not taking anything at all away from Farker, but it might well be that an absolutely chronic injury list has uncovered a centre-back pairing that probably could be, moving forward, their best. And I think in those type of games as well, I would prefer to see a Tete and a McLean in there because I think they do offer a little bit more ballast without the ball. So, um, And, of course, you know, Aaron's, we, we don't want him injured for any length of time, but Byram showed enough against operators like Raheem Sterling and Bernardine, Bernard, Bernardo sorry, that... You know that looks another astute piece of business from Stuart Webber to get him out of West Ham for three quarters of a million pounds. Um, <laughs> so yeah, as I say, opportunity knocked. That's how Daniel packaged it when we spoke to him on Friday. That whoever went out with a yellow shirt on would have an opportunity, and and boy did those lads step up and and grab it. And uh, you know, a lot of people will be sitting up and taking notice of that result around the world, not just in this country, with obviously the global explosion of the Premier League. Yeah, I thought Teddy was pretty good considering how little football he'd played. Um, you know, hardly any of pre-season. And McLean really put himself about, and they sort of summed up the approach of it all today. Because it, beyond all the tactics, and yeah, okay, Campwell and Buendia did, you know, pull in a little bit, and they were a bit more compact, and that makes sense. But I think the reason they won today came down to how they approached it, and McLean summed that up with some of his attempts to make a tackle and Teddy similarly didn't 
didn't necessarily win the ball or, or get a clean tackle, but they got the crowd on side. One of those games where, because they were putting in that effort and they were digging deep, that just built into that whole sort of siege mentality. And I, th- I felt like it was one where those guys that were out there, just they just showed their character, really. Obviously, there's, there's quality in the mix as well, but I think from... From where we sit today, you would certainly say McLean and Teddy, well, there's probably not much choice, but they're going to be starting at Burnley as long as they don't get struck down by the injury curse. Yeah, I think I think you're right. I think what those two offer is, is a balance to each other. We've, we've seen it before. You tend to have Teddy and, and someone else who's perhaps a bit more composed on the ball, and um, there's been question marks over both of those, I think. Alex Teddy, particularly given that step up to the Premier League again at his age, could he do it to the same level? I, th- I think he proved tonight that, that, that he could. Um, I, I think that... He screened the back four a lot better than than perhaps other players or, or tribal has at the, at the start of this season, um, and and yeah, I I think the balance in midfield is is essential to how Norwich want to play, particularly in games like this where perhaps they aren't going to dominate the ball and they need to spring quick counter attacks, winning those interceptions and the, and and those block tackles and um, winning those turnovers are going to be essential for for almost sort of um, catalysting the the, the counter attack. So those two are essential, um, absolutely. I think I think Hamadou again as, as as Paddy mentioned was absolutely brilliant at, at the back I think yeah, he was good. he um he almost gave them a bit of comfort on the ball in, in, in possession as well as being really big in, in terms of the box and, and winning his headers and his tackles so it was a really good performance and uh, yeah that, there were two key moments where the pendulum could have shifted I think that that goal before half time when Man City could have came out but actually Norwich got the, the third goal quite quickly mm. and then also the the second goal for Man City where late on a lot of teams could have crumbled and Norwich didn't and I think that showed their character and their desire this evening and sort of epitomises why they won that game Yeah, that, I thought the second half was quite frenetic there was a lot of pinball wasn't there mm. a lot of chaotic play during the game and uh, during that second half whereas the first half was a real high quality entertaining game wasn't it the second Todd Cantwell another goal second Premier League goal um, he's also scored in the Chelsea game didn't he the previous home game he's then gone off and got his England under 21 but uh, England under 21 cap but it really owed a lot to some real unselfish play from, from Pookie and again it was Buendia sparking it wasn't it it did, yeah, but then you know Puki got got his reward when Buendia cut it back as well, and and that probably underlines that what Connor's touching on there that this isn't a group of uh, individuals who, who see a Premier League opportunity as a, a shot window for themselves. The strength of what got Norwich into this league from the Championship was the collective. Okay, yeah, you've got a guy who scored thirty plus goals, um, young players who really stepped up, but it was all harnessed within this team ethic and this bond that. You know they've got each other's backs, and and none more so than what we've seen against. You know, I mean, second half he's bringing on De Bruyne, he's bringing on Jesus, <laughs> he's bringing on Mares. I mean, have a word with yourself, Guardiola. You know, you're playing against a depleted Norwich team who were, uh, well, my mate, he's my best man. He texted me the morning of the game, twenty-five to one Norwich were with the bookmakers. I, and I'll be brutally honest, I said they, you should stick another zero on that because because <laughs> I don't really think they've got much hope. So. What do I know? But what do any of us know? Because um, that that game, given the elements that went into the makeup of it, defied all logic. The outcome certainly did, uh, but also the way they performed and and the bravery and, and Guardiola in his post match press conference, two or three times he touched on Norwich's bravery that they were willing to get on the ball and try and engage against, you know, probably one of the best attacking sides we've seen in English football. 
I thought De Bruyne was awesome when he came on. Yeah, I mean, he's got, got ones of, of, of a right and left foot in, in yeah. fairness. I mean, <laughs> the, the standard of set pieces suddenly rose uh, tenfold when, when he came on. But just to go back to that point and, and the bravery aspect, is interesting given so few weeks ago that Norwich were being brandished as, as naive for, for trying to play against Liverpool. And I think they show today the just rewards you can have when, when you play that way. I mean, had they have parked the bus, so to speak, then there is potential that Man City would have just had easy pickings and the offensive game and the way Pukki exploited the space and sort of dragged their centre-backs apart perhaps it wouldn't have happened with, with a side perhaps playing a target man who tried to move them up the pitch. So there is an element of bravery, definitely. Um, but also, I think Norwich were perhaps a bit more pragmatic in this game because they had to be. Um, I think the midfield pairing worked better in, in this game than they did at Anfield, which is why they had more success. Um, and, and it was just a really well-executed performance from, from start to finish. It was, it was almost like they had a clarity from their plan from almost when they stepped out to when they stepped off the pitch, and that didn't alter regardless of sort of the knocks they got within the game. So, exceptional, really really was. And um, I, I think that's something that they can, they can dine off now for a few days and obviously go to Burnley full of confidence. OK, let's um, break off quickly and just have uh, the first of our player interview. Spoke to a few players after the game. As you can imagine, on, on a night like this, they're all uh, eager to chat in the mix zone. Um, so let's hear first from Marco Stieperman. It almost felt like emotional tonight. Like, I, we had some pretty special nights here last year, didn't we? But that was... Was it the best yet? I think so, to be honest. If, if there is the best team in the world and you're playing against them and you are up front 2-0, of course the fans are even more excited on the, on, in the crowds. And, um, it's, just, it's just a nice feeling if the whole stadium is standing and not even, uh, not even uh, anymore on, on their seats. So it's just incredible. And, I noticed Eddie and Chris were like at half time were there waiting to give you all high fives and I guess that was motivated. Was that was tonight a different match day, you know? Did, did you have to do things differently? Because this was one where you just all had to really dig deep, didn't you? At least it was a normal yeah. game day and um, we just played for three points yeah. like every game. But we knew that you probably just win one out of ten games against Man City, if you're not. These were the games tonight and yeah, we take this. Just trying to, from, from, sorry, looking ahead to, uh, to Burnley, um, obviously this is a big high, but now you need to sort of, I suppose you've all got to come back down to earth a little bit I and mean, you realise that it's still early in the season, you've got to make sure you build from this. Absolutely, I just told you, we're just again about three points, nothing more. And we, we get these three points, we are, I think there was a solid uh, solid six points in the table and um, we go to go to Burnley now and we, we, we know how hard it is, how hard um, the place will be there. Right, well, there, there was a penalty uh, decision in the first half as well, wasn't there? Or non-decision in the end. Handball. Uh, the handball from John Stones from a Norwich corner. Um, and the the home fans were pretty incensed by it in the moment, wouldn't they? That would, I think that would have been the opportunity for 3-0, if I'm remembering the timeline correctly. Given the um, records with penalties, that could, <laughs> <maybe> well, <laughs> team has got it sorted now, hasn't yeah, he? <laughs> Two for Finland during the break. Um, but it's still wasn't really clear what was going on in the stadium was it it wasn't obvious if there was a VAR check I think we'd what be... happened to the, what happened to it going up on the scoreboard VAR, yeah, VAR decision pending what's happened to that we've seen no evidence of that yet have we um, maybe it wasn't checked yet you did, you heard that there wasn't yeah, a check yeah I've, I've heard contrasting things but I, I don't know if that's just because of 
the confusion around the whole thing. I mean, it, it looked like Kevin Friend had his sort of finger yeah. on his ear, which seems to be the unanimous decision uh, or sort of signal that it's gone to VAR. But again, that wasn't clear to us in the stadium, even watching the replays. There was no sort of VAR uh, sort of branding up, I suppose. So it was a really confusing time, for, I think, for everyone in the stadium because it was just a stoppage and that's what it becomes. And mm. if they want to evolve VAR to get to a point where it's sort of workable within the game then it, it has to get a point of letting people know in the stadium what's going on because it, it, it's not helpful and it just creates probably angst from supporters I think when, when they're waiting for the game to continue yeah perhaps that's got to be sorted but it definitely hit his hand didn't it um, yeah. I mean I don't think he knew too much about it I don't think there wasn't a movement by the hand it was almost like the, he was, his arms the ball cradled into his arms I don't think there was an unnatural movement so for me I think that would be incredibly harsh but that said we saw certainly in Champions League games last season it was very much ball to hand is a penalty yeah but fortunately it didn't matter in the end um, second half Tim Krull really came into his own didn't he um, there was one save just before they scored their second goal um, which was Rodri in the 88th minute just before that a save from an Otamendi header from point blank range yeah. at the back post from one of those brilliant De Bruyne corners and that was one of those moments that were that was celebrated like a goal. And he, uh, well, he came through the mix zone, and you could see from the smile on his face just how happy he is. And you know, he spoke very well after the West Ham Dave, defeat Dave, as well. Tell him the tell the listeners the anecdote you told us about the mix zone and Tim Krull. <laughs> um, I was interviewing Sam Byram, and uh, yeah, Krull come, <laughs> comes through the mix zone and just gives me a very hearty slap on the shoulder. Um, and you know, he's obviously got very strong hands. You've got it in a sling now. <laughs> yeah, I've got it in a sling. And said, uh, what did he say? He said, uh, "Don't look so serious. Come on, it's a great night." And uh, you know, just shook my hand and just wanted to. He just wanted to butt in with Sam Byram's interview, really, and, and, and annoy him. But um, that showed the sort of energy that was coming out of the dressing room. They, you know, they were all coming through and, and saying hello and shaking hands and things like that. So um, we'll play you a bit of Sam Byram shortly as well. But anyway. Tim Krull is very, very firmly Norwich City's number one, isn't he? And, and Connor, before you joined us, uh, when you were doing some stuff for My Football Writer, you did a season preview video, didn't you? And you mm-hmm. uh, me, you spoke to me and Dan O'Hagan outside our, our, our office at Archant Towers, mm-hmm. um, as we'd have to call it. And um, in that video, I, I remember saying that as far as I'm concerned, he is the number one. He has earned that spot and Fairman's, Fairman's coming in as the number two. And... From what we're seeing so far, it's going to take some serious shifting because Tim Krull's playing really well, isn't he? Yeah, he is. And, and it's it's also just the little things like we saw late on in the game in terms of the streetwise stuff of just holding on to the ball and, and running down the clock that perhaps given the inexperience within Norwich's side, people take for, for granted a little bit with him. Um, but I, th- I think he's essential, as as you said there with, with your anecdote. I think he, he almost whips them up slightly in the dressing yeah. room. He's, he's one of those characters that you sort of earmark as a leader and... He's someone that that has improved this year. I think we've we've seen improvement from him in terms of his agility to get down and make those saves. I think all question marks had were, were about probably his, his reflexes and mm. how how they've altered with his age. But I think he's proven still that that he can r- sort of rise to the challenges presented to him in in this division. And again, that that stop probably won Norwich three points. So um, yeah, he's he's a fantastic player. Obviously a brilliant character and, and obviously well respected by his teammates. So when you when you add those up, there's there's absolutely no reason why he shouldn't be number one. In the 
in the huddle before kickoff. He was the one who started whipping yeah. them up, wasn't he? Yeah. And I noticed when they were lined up in the tunnel as well. Obviously, it was Teddy's first game in a while, and he's wearing the captain's armband and stuff. He just gave him a little shoulder rub as well, just before they were coming out. Just a little calming shoulder rub, like, "Come on, Alex, calm down. We're gonna, we're gonna be all right. We got this. Yeah. We got this." Yeah. <laughs> um, I, yeah, I like, you know, I like his character. He's, um, he's got a big beaming smile and these sort of things. So he, he seems to be um, uh, very influential. But um, as we record, Norwich up to twelfth in the Premier League and it's still early days of course it's only five games in but from from where we were going into the international break after the Crawley game which I've already tried to eliminate from my memory and then the West Ham game it's just like a different world isn't it all of a sudden well as you say I mean it is early days but to me it's always about the points points relative to you know you end up with 38 points from 38 league games you're staying up I think more often than not now in recent years I think the 40 point thing is a little bit of a mythical uh, target um, if you get 38 there's a good chance you'll be staying up and on that measure five games in six points so that they're one ahead of target for me and uh, and my fears of the goal difference getting even bigger battering have been mis- misplaced okay. as well in fact they've, they've shaved one off that so um, it is early days you're right but I just I just think remember when go back to the summer and we remember when those fixtures were first published and after the initial Wow, this is exciting! This is the Premier League. Look at the fit, and then it dawned that it was Liverpool and it was Chelsea and Man City in the first crop of games. Now to have come through that, having basically ran Liverpool closer than probably the scoreline showed, they were a little bit naive. Well, very naive in the first half at Anfield, and they got punished. But they, you know, second half they showed what they're about. Chelsea, that could have gone either way. They just fell a bit short there um, defensively in terms of Tammy Abraham. And now they've beaten Man City. What is there for this Norwich to fear in this division? If you can match it with those three teams and even take three points off them, really, for me, it just underlines that you know people outside Norfolk who possibly have already written Norwich off are probably a little bit foolhardy, I think. Champions League winners, Europa League winners, Premier League champions, all done and dusted in the first five games. Right. All right, they lost to two of them, but <laughs> to beat the champions, to beat Pep Guardiola's champions, wow, that's going to live long in the memory. Um, let's come on to Sam Byron before I play you a bit of his post-match audio. Um, in could you possibly have imagined that a scenario would evolve or emerge during this season where Max Ahrens, when he's fit, might not get into the team? Because if he continues to play like he did tonight, which is obviously the question from here on in, because he's now uh, got to get up to speed fitness-wise and, and try and maintain that consistency in, in his form, then Max is going to struggle to get back in the team, isn't he? I mean, who who thought that could possibly happen? <laughs> Absolutely, yeah. Again, it's, it's a narrative we wouldn't have predicted before before tonight. and. His performance was so good that Raheem Sterling opted to go and play on, on the side to see if he can get any spare change out of Jamal Lewis, as as was his sort of defensive performance and how he restricted him, pretty much forced him onto his left foot all the time, which uh, Sterling obviously wants to cut in on that right and get shots away. So limited him. I thought Bernardo Silva didn't get too much out of him when, when he came across either. And um, con- considering this is a guy who has been injury sort of played for, mm. for the last few Missed seasons. Most of last season with Absolutely, injury, yeah, and has been on loan to Nottingham Forest mm. in the Championship and also sort of played in, as a right winger when he's played in the Premier League. It was a very, very good defensive performance and uh, him and Amadou on that sort of making up that right side of the defence were excellent and, and were a massive part of, of why Norwich won that game because they restricted Man City of anything really down down that right hand side, uh, left-hand side rather. Um, and that level of performance is, is what he has to sort of set now because it's he's almost set his ceiling and, and he has to reach that consistently um, because 
we know Max Aarons will push him hard for that and um, Daniel Farker evidently likes Max Aarons so I mean it's, it's his shirt to lose now so he has to continue in that vein obviously with Burnley next week but as you said with fitness levels and him not playing too many games back to back it's, it's going to be difficult but if he maintains that level of performance then that, that shirt's his for as long as he wants it Absolutely I, I liked that he was really willing to put his foot in and he was one of those players that got a couple of those big cheers from the crowd for yeah. for particular moments Were you similarly impressed Pat? Oh, absolutely Dave yeah I mean that looked like a guy who knew this was his opportunity and he was desperate to grab it and, and okay you know you're playing against a Reem Sterling or Bernardo Silva, but no inferiority complex at all. Fearless, you know the way he he, he was touch tight, particularly to Sterling in that first half, and uh, you know the amount. What I like about him, having seen him on the evidence of this first game, is is his ability in those tight one-on-one situations. You don't feel certainly on that evidence if he's isolated that that spells danger and uh, that's a good base to build from. We obviously didn't see too much of him in an attacking sense, which of course is Aaron's his strongest suit. Um, so different opponents, different expectations. You know, it, we might might learn a little bit more about Sam Byron, but in terms of a pure defender, uh, Norwich have got another right back. Well, that's the big build-up. Let's hear from the man himself. Congratulations! Um, your first Premier League start for the club. Just how do you feel right now? Uh, buzzing. Yeah. Um, you know, one of the best teams in the world. Um, to get three points against them and also play well. Um, you know, it's everything that we, we aimed for. And obviously, you coming in with with Max getting injured. How, how pleased were you with your performance? You got some big cheers at moments tonight. Yeah, I mean, I think I did all right. Um, you know, the job as the defence is to to stop there best player scoring and I think as a whole unit um, you know, the winger in front of me if it was Emmy or Todd um, you know they really helped out and I think we defended well as a team How how was the dressing room afterwards because this is a day when you've all had to dig deep so much Yeah it's the same sort of when everyone but I think obviously with being Man City it's that little bit extra special um, but you know it's, it's three more points and, and then you know you, you celebrate and then Come Monday, Tuesday, you look into yeah, the next game, and um, we'll definitely take the spirit into that one. What about the atmosphere tonight? I mean, you've obviously played for two big clubs in Leeds and West Ham, but tonight felt special, didn't it? Yeah, like you say, they were celebrating every tackle. Um, you know, I think we also had those spells where we played really good football, and I think they, they can appreciate that as well. From true crime to football, Brexit to folklore. For more great podcasts from Archant, head to audioboom.com slash channel slash Archant. Right, a little bit of housekeeping to just get out of the way before we um, come on to the final part. Um, you may have noticed, or hopefully have noticed, that we've just released a Norwich City sticker book, which is something we've been working in conjunction with the club on the last couple of months, and that is now out in shops, and you will be able to get it online as well um, if you go to pinkencom slash shop, I think is the right address. <laughs> um, but um, you, you, I'm sure you'll be able to find out the uh, details on our website if not. Um, that's out there. It's only a quid for the book, and then the stickers are being released in a couple of weeks' time. Uh, there are 230 stickers. There's all the current first team squad. There is all your legends, all the player of the season winners, all, a, a load of people in the top 100 appearances. Um, we're hoping it's going to be really popular, and um, certainly the reaction we've had f- about it on social media um, would suggest that people are, are quite excited about it because it's something that's not been around before. So um, do. Um, try and find a copy of that Uh, and as far as the podcast goes if um, you would like to leave us a review then we're always um, 
we're always pleased to get them um, on however you receive your podcast whether that's um, the Apple Store or whatever uh, or likes subscribes the whole shebang um, that would be uh, great and if you're interested in uh, advertising or sponsoring us uh, you could uh, get in contact with us as well the man for that is uh, Matt Withers, and he is available on matt.withers, which is W-I-T-H-E-R-S, at archant.co.uk. And so, yeah, if you're interested in getting involved with the podcast, or if you've got any ideas that you would uh, sort of like to pitch, with us, pitch to us about being involved with us and working with us, then uh, we'd love to hear from you. Okay, so just looking forward briefly then, chaps, um, on to Burnley next week, which is going to be a totally different game, uh, totally different challenge, and... Is not going to be an easy game. We know that. We can say that every week on the pod. There are no easy games at this level. The Premier League is incredibly strong, and Burnley are as disciplined and well drilled and difficult to play against as anyone because Sean Dyche has really got himself a system there. So it would be really disappointing if Norwich were to sway from such a high to then losing up there. But you can't really, even in light of today's result, Norwich aren't going to travel up there as favourites, are they? So I guess uh, a we need to wait and see where the fitness and issue and injury issues all are before before travelling up there. But um, I guess is it just sticking sticking to the same principles and 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 going in and attacking them and and hoping that this new sort of defensive rigidity can can keep them out. Yeah, I, I think so. I've, I mean, Daniel Farkas is never going to change his base principles. I think it'll always be a, a sort of game by game approach in terms of how it's tweaked. Um, I, I think, judging by Amadou and and Godfrey's performance today, I don't think there's going to be too much physically that's going to phase them. Obviously, Burnley, I think, are, yeah. are going to be more direct by nature. Ashley Barnes up front, who's um, Chris Wood. Yeah, Chris Wood. Exactly. We, we could sit here and, and list a few of, of their strikers who are in that target man mould, if you like. And, and judging on on today's performance, I, I don't think Norwich are going to be worried about that particularly I think they've got the physical presence especially with Tetti in the midfield now to um, to cope with that so yeah a completely different task obviously they're, they're going to have to stru- uh, stop the, the crossing opportunities and stop Burnley working the ball there because that is going to be their major threat um, but we're, we're probably going to see a more traditional opponents in terms of 4-4-2 rigid defensively solid and, and look to sort of win second balls and, and make the most of their opportunities when they come so if Norwich can go there and, and almost dance with them a little bit in, in that regard and then impose themselves with the ball there's no reason why they can't come out of that with something and um, we know in the Premier League away from home to get any point is uh, is, is fantastic so if, the, if they can do that then there's no reason why they, they can't come away from Turf Moor with something I think a lot of that is going to depend on whether they can reproduce the sort of motivation that they show tonight which isn't going to be easy when you're going to turf level, more it? yeah, it's, yeah. It's, it's a different level it's, it's difficult because it's it's not the same challenge but that's what they need to try and sort of bottle of a bit of tonight don't they and, and take that with them and show that same sort of determination to go out there because if, if they get a goal there's absolutely no reason why Norwich can't win at, at Burnley but I would say that the aim really going into this um, these two away games, Burnley and Palace. If you can just win one of them, then they're very much on track, aren't they? Well, more more than more than on track for me. If they were to win, I mean, I'd probably take a couple of points. To be fair, I think Burnley is the absolutely worst opponent after Man City because it it is after Lord Mayor's show and the way Deitch <laughs> yeah. has succeeded. You have to say at Burnley with a very uh, probably. Uh, an edifying template to, to observe from a distance anyway in terms of how he plays the game they will love nothing better than uh, thinking yeah we'll be able to cash in here because 
it will be a little bit. How do we, as Connor rightly says, how did how did that how did Norwich harness that level of intensity? Obviously, they're not at Carrow Road next week as well, um, and I think it's going to be very difficult next week. I really do feel that they might just come up a little bit short because you could you can see the game now as we sit here a few a good few days out that it'll be not a game for the purists and Burnley will be very strong on set pieces and they'll pound away and they'll probably get a goal or two and then shut the game down and, uh, and Norwich will get back on the coach and go well, welcome to the Premier League all over again sort of thing so that said you know there's no there's nothing to fear going to Burnley because you know they are certainly for me a club Norwich can aspire to be as good as if Burnley can make that leap then there's no reason Norwich can't albeit doing it in a different type of style but um I think over the piece, yeah, if if Norwich came back to Carrow after these two away games with two points added to the tally, I'd be delighted with that. Because that, again, in terms of Norwich's development and evolution in the Premier League, to go to Burnley and go to Palace and come away unbeaten, well, on the, on the back of beating Man City, then really you are starting to think, OK, this could be a season where they're not really looking over their shoulder. Well, if you can't take confidence from beating Manchester City 3-2 then uh, there's not, not I don't know what you're going to take confidence from it was um, it was, it really was a special night it, like like you said Connor the, the final whistle the noise was just um, it it was amazing it really was it was uh, a night that will live with us for a, for a long long time um, and if you want to really live some of that uh, we, you know we've tried to reproduce some of the magic as it were as much as, as we can at, at pinkin.com you've got all the reaction that you c- could possibly want um, over there um, I, I, there's a player watch on Sam Byram on the way as well um, as I said um, uh, we've already played you Steeperman and Byram also spoke to Alex Tetty so we've got loads to come and I guess there's going to be a lot of sort of framing where this result sits in, in Norwich City history really as well so um, there's going to be lots to enjoy and let's just savour it enjoy uh, enjoy the moment but um, thank you uh, thank you for joining me chaps we will um, start all the build up to Burnley um, you know there's no no rest for the wicked is there so you, you move on quickly but um, as I say enjoy the moment savour it because uh, moments like this don't come along too often I've even yeah, like we say, some people have even been mentioning the Bayern Munich game. Does this rank as high as the Bayern Munich game? That's um, that's a big comparison for me. I don't think you can ever quite hit that level when uh, when it's a league game compared to the UEFA Cup. But uh, enjoy it. Thanks very much for uh, for joining us, and we will uh, we'll catch up with you soon.